Poll. P-O-L-L, that is. That's the nothing personal word of the day. It's a poll. I got a poll. Let's take a poll. By a show of hands at David P. Sampson on Twitter. You can go in the DMs. You can go anywhere you want. I'm taking a poll. It's my poll, my question. How many of you would rather that coronavirus had not happened in 2020? That's my poll question. Because then I want to be able to say that after taking a poll of 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 2 million people, 96% said they would prefer that coronavirus had never happened. Hmm. Is that value added? Are you happy? That's the nothing personal poll of the day. You ready? Should we do a whole segment on polls? I'd like to do a segment on polls, but trust me, there'd be an E instead of a second L. So yesterday we had to read all about the poll of NBA players. There's been an informal poll. There's been a formal poll. There hasn't been a formal poll. There wasn't any poll. It was Pollgate yesterday. Let me give you the background and then tell you what actually happened and why it's so absolutely funny. It was a laughing poll. Representatives of the Players Union called union members in the National Basketball League and stated, would you like to try to return to the National Basketball Association this season? Hmm. Yes or no? Yes, no. A poll that just has a yes or a no. It's very binary, that kind of poll. There's not like C, D, or E. I used to love those multiple choice questions. A, yes. B, no. C, yes and no. D, yes or no. E, none of the above. F, all of the above. I'd look at my watch. I'd see where the second hand was. The rule was if the second hand is between the zero and the Three, then you choose A. If it's between the three and the six, you choose B. The six and the nine, you choose D. The nine and the 12, you choose D. A, B, C, D, when you have a multiple choice that you don't know the answer to, and you can't get penalized for having a wrong answer. You guess. I used to guess in quadrants. So NBA players are asked, would you like a season? Would you like to try to have a season? And shockingly, the overwhelming majority of members of the NBA Players Association said, yes, we would like to try to have a season. That gets reported, value added. People are up doing breaking news. NBA players want to try to have a season. Okay, thank you. Talk about needing content, right? I'm not talking about this because I need content. I had 10 other subjects that didn't even fit into the rundown for nothing personal today. I had 10 possibilities for a word of the day. I had to go with poll O-double-L because I want to point out that a poll question matters. How you frame the question matters. I've had negotiations. Like when you have a poll question that's going to the ballot, that's going to be voted on by people who live in your community, where you're trying to get a yes or a no because you're trying to get something financed and you negotiate over how the poll question is going to be written. You ever gone into the voting booth for all of you people over 18? Wait, is it 18 to vote or 21? I'm blanking. I think it's 21 to drink and 18 to vote. So you have 18, you go into the poll and you get to vote and you go to the ballot questions. They're about yay long. I don't like when people say Coca, stop me. 
I don't like saying yay long. What does that mean? My fingers are about six inches apart. People say yay. Is that Y-A-A or Y-A-Y? Y-E-A-H. Yay. The question's that long. You go through, there's about 17 double negatives. And you have to figure out, wait, if I say yes to this question, does that mean I want it to happen or I want it not to happen? And then if I say yes to this, does that mean the part three trumps part two of the seven parts that I'm being asked to answer? It can all be very confusing, which is why easy poll questions are much easier to interpret. So I can interpret this for you on Nothing Personal here on Friday the 13th. I just realized there's a decent chance today's not Friday. (laughs) All day long. I thought today was Friday the 13th. Oh, God. I'm okay. Everything's okay here. Today is Wednesday, the 11th of May. No, I'm kidding. It's Wednesday the 13th. I'm only laughing because I surprised myself that I put something in my mind and it becomes almost confirmation bias where I say it enough times that it just becomes true. And then I look and see on my phone where it says 13. So I don't pay attention that it says a day. It just says 13 as in the 13th of May, 513. So I just assumed the way the day is going, it was Friday 13th, but it's not. Okay. Thank you. Poll. The nothing personal word of the day is poll. We restarted, right, Coca? Poll, as in the NBA players, what the players took. Here was the question. Would you like to try to play basketball? So the league comes out after this gets rumored. Minutes later, there's a report by a big reporter who breaks news all the time. The league comes out and says, listen, it was not a formal poll. It was an informal poll. Or maybe they just said it was not a formal poll, which by definition means it was an informal poll. The difference between a formal poll and an informal poll, just so we're clear, so that everyone reading these reports about the NBA can understand in perfect English, and I am ripe for a correction on this because this is coming right out of my Friday the 13th size brain. It is how you have enough of a sample size to draw certain conclusions and understanding what the margin of error is when you have an answer and responses from that poll. So an informal poll of players goes something like this. I've got a list of all players in the union. When I reach some, I reach some. When I don't reach some, I don't reach some. I text, I Zoom, I FaceTime, I find them on Insta, I DM them. I may do a little TikTok. You know, I was supposed to do a TikTok video. I got a small issue. I'm on TikTok. Can't dance. I can't dance. I can't cook and I can't dance. All I see, or they set up some sort of game where you drop a ping pong ball off 75 different pans and it ends up in a cup on the other side of the house. Can't do it. So I was just going to stand there, do my first TikTok video, and this is what it was going to be. I want to practice my TikTok video on an audio podcast, although there's a video portion. Thank you for watching. Appreciate that. YouTube, CBS, if you're actually listening Thank you for downloading, subscribing, telling your friends about nothing personal. We have fun here 45 minutes a day. Here's my tick, and I'm coming at you every day. Here's my TikTok poll. It's not a poll. Wow, here we go. Ready? Take a minute. I'm going to breathe. Today's Wednesday, May 13th. The word of the day is poll, and here's my TikTok video. Hi, 
My name's David. Would that be like a million followers or clicks or licks or likes? I don't know. What I do know is that the NBA came out and said there was no formal poll done, which means that they didn't reach a lot of players, and they just ask a very simple question, which really is of no benefit to anyone. Of course, the athletes want to try to play. Who wouldn't want to try to play if you can play? But then we got word that there was a top secret, like in the war rooms, in the Winston Churchill war rooms, there was a major conference call that took place. I'm talking about the tip of the top, the creme de la creme. Who was on that? Chris Paul, check. Kevin Durant, check. Not sure why he came out and said he's not playing in 2020. Was he just bored? Did they have his cell phone number? Damian Lillard, Kawhi Leonard, Del Curry. He wasn't on the call, but his son Steph was. Giannis, Russell Westbrook. They had a phone call a big conference call where they all agreed that they were unified and that they wanted to finish the regular season and have a postseason in the NBA. They want NBA to come back, not try. They are unified in making it happen. Normally I would laugh at this, except in the NBA, it is a game of stars. Stars have more power in the NBA than any other league. You don't read about the NFL players getting together and having a call and having that be any sort of interest. You read about Aaron Rodgers sending a tweet, hey, vote no for the NFL CBA. Guess what? It passed. In Major League Baseball, you got a few guys coming out and saying, hey, I don't know if we should play. I don't know if it's safe. I don't know if I like this. I don't know if I like that. You got Scott Boris talking about this, about that. We're going to get to it. But in the NBA, big difference. And it's not just because of the last dance. It's not Michael Jordan. It is a star-driven league where stars can actually dictate where they go, how they go, what team they're on, what big three they're going to form, where they want to play. So when they talk, I bet you this, Adam Silver pays attention. Michelle Roberts, the head of the uh, uh, NBA Players Association, pays attention. Except tell me one thing, LeBron, because I picture LeBron and Giannis leading this. We've, we've had a very funny segment on nothing personal. We did that Zoom call between players and Adam Silver. So on this call, I can only imagine that Giannis and LeBron were saying, yeah, of course we got to play because we want to play each other because this is a great chance for a, a title. I got to get to Jordan. I've been watching the less dance. I got to get to six and I'm at zero, says Giannis. Durant really doesn't care. Just happened to be on the call. Curry knows that his coach, Steve Kerr, said we're in off-season mode. We're not ready to start. We're 15 and 50. So what is the purpose of convening a call like this? What are they going to get out of it? And what could they have done, should they have done, to actually make it more powerful and maybe make it more formal? What they should have done is spoken to each of their respective teams, gotten absolute, complete unanimity that no matter what health protocols are required, no matter what level of quarantine is required, no matter what the bubble concept, the community concept that Adam Silver's talked about, no matter what plan is given to them, they are in like Flynn. You ever heard that expression, Coca? Did I just boomer myself? Do you know what in like Flynn is? There's an expression that says, I'm in like Flynn. I don't even think Coca, I don't hear one word. There is a chance 
that after the TikTok video, Coca just left the show. Coca, are you awake? He's not. He's totally gone. Guess what, folks? I'm on my own. I'm going off the rundown. I'm not going in any particular order. I'm going to talk about whatever I want to talk about. So here's what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to move on to MLB because I want to talk about that because so much is going on there. So much. It's, it's, it's every day. I mean, I'm doing 10 radio shows a day. That's an exaggeration by 30%. Talking about it with people within and without outside the industry. People are weighing in as though they have an idea or a clue of what they're talking about when they don't. And I love, listen, I respect members of the media. I respect fans. I do. I don't tell you that I have any idea how to run your business. Sports is so funny that way. Every fan, every call-in, every tweeter, every blogger, every everyone, they know how to run a team. Fantasy guys know how to build a team. Fans know how to make business decisions. I get it, but it's like with you. Let's say that your business is building cars. I can't build a car. I can't give an opinion whether or not you should stand one inch to the right or six feet to the left or whether you should wear super style three-inch gloves plus a visor, a mask, and a little oxygen tank, whether you should cut your fingernails low or whether you should keep your hair long. I have no opinion how to make a car. But people are chiming in in baseball like they got it. Well, let me inform you what we're talking about in terms of an issue, and then you can make an opinion. The governor of Illinois had an opinion, except he is not in the middle of this, and he's a politician. I've told you already on nothing personal. It's not that I'm red. It's not that I'm blue. Maybe I'm sort of purple. What happens when you put red and blue together? Is that a color? I never paid attention in art class. I got thrown out of art class so much. I didn't art teacher. I can't remember the name of my elementary school art teachers. I was so bad that I just, I just would get in trouble. So it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. Why are governors entering into these conversations? Why is the governor of Arizona saying, hey, starting May 16th, professional sports is ready to go here and now? What does that mean? The Phoenix Suns are taking the court. The Arizona Diamondbacks are ready to roll. What is your purpose of saying that? I wonder if it's political. I wonder whether it's political, not I wonder if, I wonder whether. Grammatical mistake. Governor Pritzker of Illinois came out and said in a very long statement about baseball and about the argument that's going on right now between the union and the owners came out on the side of the union, on the side of the owners against the union, saying he would be disappointed in players if they don't agree to the pay cut. Listen, I'm a pro-management guy. You know that. I understand the issues of the union because I've dealt with them. But I also understand employer-employee relationships. I understand who at the end of the day prevails in employer-employee arguments. But what is Governor Pritzker, what is his purpose? So let's think about this. If you're in Arizona, you're in Illinois and you are a politician getting involved in this, oh my God, I totally get it. I get it now. You need to say that you're ready for pro sports and you need to say that you are ready for players to come back because part of your narrative is normalcy and a return to normalcy. And you want to lead the pack no matter how reckless it is. You want to put your head down, put your blinders on, and you want to get your state economy going. It's an election year for crying out loud. I get it. 
But at the end of the day, you have to be more responsible in understanding the issues. The argument going on between the union and the owners is not really just about a salary cap. It is about the fact that the collective bargaining agreement runs out at the end of 2021. There is going to be a full-scale negotiation for a long-term extension, no fewer than five years, that will kick in starting in 2022. This is about a negotiating stance where you don't want to ever give an inch because people on the other side think if you give an inch, you'll give a foot. This is about the concept that when you have a point that you're willing to give up, you don't say you're willing to give it up until you get something back where there can be a trade that you make that gets you toward a resolution, toward an agreement. So what you do is you stand firmly entrenched in your position, no matter how irrational, and then you let the negotiations unfold, you take care of as many issues as you can, and then you start trading. That is how collective bargaining works. You, if you have 100 issues on the table, you end up, there's coca. Welcome back, coca. So you end up with 100 issues, you take care of 90 of them, and then you trade 10 of them. So will there be a salary cap in baseball? No. Would the owners like there to be a salary cap? No. Did they say they want a salary cap? Yes. Is there public disagreement about what will be the final result of this negotiation? Yes. Is there private disagreement over what will be the result of this negotiation? No. That's a big no, ladies and gentlemen. The union and the owners understand that they cannot stand up in front of the American public and say, every sport has played, we are not going to start because we have an economic problem. It's not going to happen. NGTH. But of course, you have to deal with the distractions. And from a media standpoint, where I'm now in the media, from a fan standpoint, where I'm now a fan, I'm looking at all these people talking, and it makes me smile. Scott Boris was back, back in the news. Remember we talked about the number of players? He had that big statement. I don't know if I talked about an HQ or on a different show on nothing personal. Scott Boris came out and said, listen, there's no way that I've spoken to all my players and my players stand united that we will not take a penny less than our prorated share of our salary that we agreed to in a March agreement. We play half the games. We will get paid half the salary. I told you there's 1,200 players in the union. And I said, I wonder whether he represents 601 players because 601 players are necessary to have an agreement. Well, he represents about a hundo. Hundo, that's it. But those hundo are unified. They won't take a penny less. Bryce Harper will not take a penny less than his $30 million per year prorated. No chance. Pas de chance. Pas de tout. Boris had another quote. It was pretty good. He told the USA Today, he said that all of his players are prepared to play right now and they're willing to squeeze in as many as 124 regular season games on one condition. They will not accept a penny less than the prorated salaries they agreed to following negotiations with the owners on March 26th. Blah, blah, blah. What are you talking about, Scott? I don't understand. I don't understand how you get the ability to say things that are so far from accurate and you think that people actually agree with you or side with you. <laughs> it's pretty good. Let me tell you what's wrong with what you said. Number one, they will not accept a penny less. Do you want to bet? Because they will. 
Number two, you're willing to squeeze in. I'm picturing like squeezing the Charmin. Don't squeeze the Charmin. A buck 24 in games. How's that working? I can't get players to play games back to back to back to back to back. They can't stand it. Afternoon games following night games. They come in hungover, exhausted, not wanting to play. It takes their internal clock off and they go for four and blame me for an afternoon getaway game. Hmm. Interesting. 124. Oh, I get it. We're just going to start now in your new plan. Forget testing. Forget the health stuff that's being talked about by other members of the union who you don't happen to represent. I guess you're willing to put your players at risk so you can get your commission. I'm in. I am all about self-serving behavior. Go for it. Be as selfish as you can. But the key to being selfish is to get away with it. When you own 100 votes out of 16 out of 1,200, 100 out of 1,200, what exactly power do you have? It's not like the NBA. Look at me bringing back the NBA and MLB, putting them together, symbiotic relationship. I'm putting my fingers together. I love doing this. We're going to come close. My pointers are up in the air and they're coming close and they're touching. We're having a moment, a connection, the connection between the NBA driven by stars. Bryce Harper calls up his Philly teammates and says, we're playing a buck 24 and we're starting now. Get ready. We're not giving up a penny less. We're ready to go. Get to spring training. Start now. Click. Click. A, a bad connect. Going through a tunnel. Bad connection. Can Bryce? That's how that call would go. It's completely insane. But we keep giving him the stage. He's going to keep using the stage. I'm fine with it. A lot of public debate, but I just, I, I, I want the public debate to stop. I really need it to stop because I wish that the players and the owners would realize that having this public debate, while it takes up some content, it's interesting to talk about. It's actually not based on a true foundation of what's happening. What we should be debating is how the logistics will work. And that's what I tried to do in that article. I wanted a logistics article because because to me, it's important. The key fact is when a player tests positive, what will we do? What will be the protocol? You cannot have a situation where the game shuts down after a positive test. You just can't do it. So therefore, you have to find a way to quarantine and agree to contact tracing. Now, Scott, get your 100 players together and have them say the following. We want to play as soon as possible. We will come to an agreement with the owners. But most importantly, we will absolutely follow all of the necessary health protocols, contact tracing, testing, and we will donate money along with the owners. We have an agreement that any test that we take, it'll be like the carbon footprint. Any test that we buy, we buy another test to give to the public sector to be used. We buy 100,000 tests. We buy 200,000 and donate 100,000 to be used in each of our communities. Now we're beginning to talk about something. I don't hear that happening. Logistics is something that matters. Health is something that matters. The PGA Tour has it right. How is that for a transition? Coca, thumbs up on that transition? Can't really see your thumb, but I can hear it. I can sort of hear your thumb going, eh, it's all right. So the PGA Tour has a health plan. 
They're coming back and they're playing tournaments. Golf is a perfect sport where you can have actual social distancing. There's an opportunity to play in a certain way. They came out with today what I think was a 30-page document about their return to play and what will be necessary in order for the tournament to actually happen, what the players have to agree to do. Let's start with the easy one, which we've said is all sports. Individual team doesn't matter. Testing required before anybody plays, period. You don't test, you don't play. You don't test negative, you don't play. Players, caddies, but they're only testing 400 out of the 1,100 people required to put on a tournament. And that is a completely, is it toned down, bear down, um, siphon down group of people. Normally it's more than 1,100. Now they're doing 1,100 and they're saying, hey, we're going to test 400 of you. I don't understand. You got to test 1,100. What good is testing 400? Now they've got rules in place where they're going to be separated where they're keeping the media completely away. It's going to be a smaller media group. They keep them away from the players. Where there is the lunchroom is different. The break rooms are different. There's no sponsor activities. There's no program tournaments. I get all that. But you got to test 1,100 people. Then you take a test before you can play. And after that, every day, you fill out a questionnaire and get your temperature taken. And if you have a temperature of above 104, then you have to get fully tested with the saliva test or the nasal swab test. I got a small problem with that. How many of you have ever had a questionnaire to fill out? Let's start with a good one. Let's get some, let's, let's have some fun. Remember those customs declarations you fill out when you fly into the country? Yeah. Outline everything you've purchased. Every tchotchka possible. Put it on the list. Snow globes, keychains, schmatas that you're never going to wear again, shoes that won't translate, shirts that have no chance of being worn, that probably don't even fit. Eh, I'm not going to mention it. What, are they going to go through my bag and see a shirt? I'm not carrying 10 kilos of Coke or over 10,000 in cash because I brought 10,000 and now it's all gone. What about when you fill out a questionnaire at the end of a 1-800 call? Would you like to stay on and do answer a customer service question? Thank you so much. Beep, you got nothing else to do. You press one, you do the call, they call back, and they say, thank you so much for doing this questionnaire. Question one, with one being not helpful at all, and 10 being so helpful that you would give this person a raise, how helpful on a scale of one to 10 was the customer service representative in accomplishing the problem and solving the problem you had? Seven, two, thank you so much for having your car serviced at John's car dealership. Please answer the following questionnaire. How satisfied were you with the customer experience? One being not satisfied, two being somewhat satisfied, three being satisfied, four very satisfied, and five extremely satisfied. Yeah. Three. You get where I'm going? These questionnaires. Have you been in contact with anyone who has coronavirus in the last 24 hours? Uh, like 24 hours from now? Or like 24 hours from an hour ago? No, I'm going to say no. Have you traveled to a foreign country in the last 21 days? Um, no. 
Do you or anyone you know have any contact with someone from the Wuhan province or Spain, Italy, or any of the 50 states or 187 countries around the world who have any, any cases of coronavirus? Um, hold on. I'm going to think about, wait, am I under oath? Okay. I'm going to go. No. Yeah. These questionnaires, not good enough, not good enough. Other things the PGA tour is doing, which I think is great. They're going to have designated hotels, but of course the hotels will be for the players and the caddies and the traveling staff, but there has to be limited staff, right? Not a lot of coaches or motivational speakers or masseuses. But there are approved exceptions. Open parens, RV, closed parens. Love that. Do you know how many golfers don't make a lot of money on the tour? And what they do is they don't take charter planes. They actually have to drive from tournament to tournament. So they get RVs. Then they live in RVs because then they don't have to pay for hotel rooms. They cook in the RV burner. Some of the RVs have a grill that come out of the side. And they'll grill up a couple burgs, have a few beers in between rounds. They're trying to save some coin. So that's an exception. You can live in an RV on the tour. Or if you do a BRBO rental house because you're one of the top players and you've got the cash, we have to approve it. I want to know how that's going to work logistically. How are they going to exactly approve a rental house? Are they going to have assigned people to go through the rental house? Which, by the way, takes away the concept of being around as few people as possible. Do they just go on the website and look through the pictures? Have you ever done that? You go on the website, you look through the pictures. It's like seeing a commercial for a quarter pounder going to the McDonald's and saying, whoa, man, that's not how my pickle and cheese look. And by the way, there's no oozing special sauce on your 32nd Super Bowl commercial. Nah, but we looked at the pictures of the house. It looks super clean. No, no, they actually post on those sites the dirty pictures the skanky laundry on the floor pictures when they're trying to rent out a house. Come on, let's be practical. No families, okay? Limited caddy interaction. Players are asked to take their own clubs out of the bag. (gasps) Time out, time out. I need a 20. I need a break. There is no way that Tiger Woods will be pulling his own club out of his own bag. I'm kidding. Of course he's going to do that. Is it that big a deal? Caddies are supposed to social distance. So here's what's going to happen. Caddies will be carrying the bag. They will then put the bag down where Tiger Woods wants it. Tiger Woods will then reach in, grab the club. No one else is allowed to touch the clubs. When he's done, he'll put the club back. When the caddy wants to clean the club, because that's what I see caddies do, they take the towel and they wipe the schmutz off it, whether it's grass or dirt or whatever it is. They wipe it off and then put the club back. Now, will Tiger Woods be wiping his own club? I doubt it. So we're going to have to really see how that works. But they both would have tested negative, so that's going to be fine. Players have to go get their own ball out of the hole. They always do that. But they're supposed to do it and then use sanitizer because there will be sanitizer on every hole. I like the thing that was invented that has an eject button. When it goes in the hole, it goes boop, and it pops right out. Or there's a little click on the uh, flag stick that you can lift, that the caddy could lift with a glove, and that ejects the ball. Plus, I think it's better because it drives me crazy in watching golfers lean on their golf club and then lean over by bending one knee. I always feel like, I am a crooked man. I walk a crooked walk. I have a crooked back. That's a song. 
I always feel like the players look old when they're doing that. That's why I don't golf. I'm not bending over to pick up a little ball out of a hole that took me 27 shots to get into. Forget it. They're also doing charter flights. No more commercial flying. But it's $600 a man if you're a player or a caddy, $300 if you're somebody else. Or maybe it's $600 for a player, $300 for a caddy. That's to try to defray the cost of chartering a plane. But the PGA Tour will be chartering planes from tournament to tournament. Okay. Sounds fine to me. I think PGA is on its way. I like what they're doing. This is not me being critical of their health plan. I'm giving you the highlights and telling you this will be a great example as we watch sports evolve. As sports come back, individual sports, team sports, there will be adjustments made. Players will have to get used to them. Common sense will have to prevail. Can't wait to watch. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. I took a uh, survey of a movie. What movie should I see? And the questions on the survey were, how often do you watch a movie? Never. Rarely. Sometimes. Always. I thought that was a good question. I was willing to answer it. And then I realized that, no, this was someone giving me a suggestion of a movie to watch that's called Never, Rarely, Sometimes, and Always. I paid $19.99 because it's a first-run movie. I got it on demand. I watched it. I want to talk about the subject matter. It's an important subject matter. It was a festival darling I don't know what that means. I think Festival Darling means that it wins a bunch of awards and it's a small movie that could. It's like the engine that could. It starts with a little bit of motion and then it starts building. Chugga, 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 chugga. You can do it. Chugga, 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 chugga. It's a movie that tries to build momentum. Hard to build momentum during a pandemic when all theaters are closed. It's a movie about teen pregnancy and a girl who gets pregnant and she and her cousin, her friend have to go from Pennsylvania where you need parental consent to have an abortion to New York where you don't need parental consent. They had no money. They worked as uh, cashiers in a grocery store. They ended up stealing money in order to afford to be able to go to New York. They had to pick up a man, not in sort of the Julia Roberts way, finding Richard Gere, pretty woman. 
walking down the street. No, it was not like that. They found some students who they tried to get money from because they had to be able to stay in town because it's a multi-day abortion procedure because the baby, she was, I guess, 12 weeks pregnant or 15 or 16 weeks, whatever the case may be. I found the movie to be slow. I found it to be upsetting. And I'm not talking about the pro-life debate. I'm not talking about pro-abortion, anti-abortion, pro-choice. I'm not talking about that. I understand women and I completely agree. Maybe I am talking about it. Of course I'm pro-choice. It's a woman's body. Let a woman decide what a woman wants to do with her body. To me, it's not even a question. You know what? I'm very happy to say it. It's not that I won't take public positions on nothing personal, but sometimes I just don't have them. But in this case, I do. When you don't have parental consent requirements, it means you don't have to tell your parent. If you don't want to tell your parent and you're 18 or below 18, when you're above 18, you don't really need parental consent because you're above 18. You can vote. You just can't drink. When you're below 18, you need parental consent. These were This was a woman who was below 18. She was 17. So she got herself to New York, figured out what she wanted, and it was a troubling, troubling movie. And what troubled me about it is that it tried to be this movie that had great gravitas, great weight. You were hanging on every dialogue, every line of dialogue. You were looking at the use of cinematography and thinking, what point is this director trying to make showing the clouds or showing her looking out the window as she leaves Pennsylvania and the broken down, run down farms and tractors that are on the side of the road into the big booming city. It's tired. It was not a good movie. Not worth seeing. The concept is important. There are a lot. If you're looking for a movie where you want to talk about teen pregnancy, the first movie I thought of, probably the best movie on the subject I've ever seen is called Juno. Juno is a movie with Ellen Page, Michael Sarah, that guy from uh, Superbad. I think he's been in a bunch of movies. I think he was in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist as well, but I could be wrong. And uh, Ellen Page is the one from Inception. Juno is a great movie with a great soundtrack. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. Do you get how I worked that in regarding the questionnaire and I segued it right into the movie? This has been a transition, transit. <laughs> this has been a transition bit of perfection. Never, rarely, sometimes, always, skip it. ML Beer Challenge. Day 59. This is getting serious. I'm going to Denver. I really want to go to Denver. I'd like to go to Denver right now. Got a friend in Denver. His name is Javier. He's running the Denver Community Foundation. He is uh, the Community Foundation Finds Ways. There's a Miami Community Foundation where he actually came from. There's a bunch of local community foundations. In your community, you have a community foundation. You can look it up. You can donate money to it. Part of the MLB challenge, other than having this completely full beard that we're going to grow until MLB has an opening day, we are going to donate $1,000 a day for 100 days. Today's the 59th day. I think I've done the Denver Community Foundation for the Colorado Rockies. I can't remember. Maybe we did the Rockies Foundation. I have a list. I don't know. But the Denver Community Foundation spends its time taking positions 
and making a difference, finding organizations that are so in need right now in Denver. There's a big homeless population, as you know, in Denver, as well as many other cities, but Denver certainly is, is amongst the biggest, and finding a way to keep them safe, to stop the spread of COVID, to get PPE to people in need, to take care of healthcare workers, first responders, to take care of people just in general need. The Denver Community Foundation is definitely, definitely doing it. So day 59, we're in Denver. We're working our way up the Western Conference standings. We are almost done with the entire NBA. Okay, I got to wait to see. I want to get to this wait to see because I, I, I want to end it with a little something today. I don't want to end the show with wait to see. That's something else I want to talk about. But the wait to see is this. Arizona came out, I told you, and said pro, stores, pro, pro sports can start. On May 15th. I can't remember, Coco, was it May 15th or May 16th? I don't know. Pro sports games will not happen in Arizona before June 15th. That to me is the minimum time. That's my wait to see. Wait to see is when I'm accountable to you. I'm going to tell you what I think, whether it's a yes or a no. We're going to then revisit it, much like I do with corrections, and we'll come back. And the wait to see today is pro sports could start in the next day or two in Arizona, but won't start until minimum of June 15th. Of course, I meant May 15th, but they won't start. It's May 16th. Thank you, Coca. Don't need that correction. They can start May 16th. They will not start before June 15th. But this was really, as I talked about, a political statement. And I want to end the show with just a little comment about where we are. And I want to take advantage. I want to take advantage of you. You're the listeners, and I appreciate you know how loyal I am. You tweet at me at David P. Sampson. We do a segment often, so you want to talk to Sampson. You give me questions. You give me movie suggestions, TV suggestions. You talk about issues, both political and sports and entertainment, business. And I try to give you real answers, whether those answers are ones you want or ones that you don't want. And the difference, though, is you and I, we are never talking about life and death. We are talking about business. And we're talking about money and we're talking about sports. We're talking about passion. We're talking about emotion. When you've got a situation the way we have right now with a global pandemic where we're just so unsure of all of our futures, we don't know what the economy is going to look like. We don't know what the significant changes will actually be. We've outlined a bunch of them on the show. We've talked about what the PGA is doing. I wrote about what MLB needs to do, what it will likely end up doing. We've talked about players and owners and arguing about money and arguing about health issues. All of that is simply because we don't have knowledge of tomorrow. When you run a business, the most important thing you have to know is what is around the corner. And one of the great things and that leads to the most successful CEOs or the most successful owners of businesses is they are able to see what's around the corner in not just their business, but also their industry and also other industries that impact their business or their industry. And when you can see what's around the corner, you are then able to make a decision. It may not be popular. You may be wrong. But those who have the best ability to be the most successful, the highest percentage of the time are the ones who will make the most money for themselves and for the employees who work for them. The situation we're in now, there isn't one CEO, one team president, 
one industry executive who knows what's around the corner. This is a scientific medical issue, and science by definition is imperfect. We've been dealing with coronavirus for a matter of months. That's it. Not a matter of years or a matter of decades. It's been months. All the studies that we see, we talked earlier in the show about polls, formal versus informal, whether or not they actually matter. Can you actually take questionnaires seriously? Scientific data is irrefutable except it has to be gathered in a controlled environment over a period of time. Otherwise, I can make any poll look like how I want it to look, any questionnaire look like how I want it to look, any scientific data I could arrange to make it look how I want until I've got enough to have a true sample size. So we don't know what's around the corner. So you're asking us to make all of these decisions right now to give you timelines. When will sports be back? When will normalcy be back? When can I go to restaurants? When can I have a beer? When can I responsibly stop social distancing and hang out? When can I get a hug and give a hug? All of those are legitimate questions and we don't have legitimate answers. But we need people in charge who will give those answers once they can actually be discovered. And when politicians come out, and give you hard dates of when things are happening, how they're happening, what their future is. It's misleading because these politicians are supposed to be our leaders. We're supposed to look to them the way employees look to their employer, the way members of players' unions look to their manager or their GM or their president or their owner for information. Hey, fill in the blank. Tell me what's happening here. There's an expression that was told to me many, many years ago, and it says garbage in and garbage out. If you're asking me for my opinion and I'm basing my opinion upon information that turns out to be misinformation, the reality is that the answer that I give to you is not going to be accurate. And if my answer isn't accurate and you act based on that inaccurate information, we are now exponentially making the problems worse. As a person in sports, what my promise is and what it would be were I to still be the president of the Marlins or if I were the commissioner, if I were running an organization. And it is a promise that I can make to you, the listeners of Nothing Personal. I will not give you information and tell you that this is the way it is until I know it is the way it is. I will not tell you something is going to happen until I know it's going to happen. And if I don't, I'm going to tell you I don't. And I'm going to say it's what I think is going to happen. Because at the end of the day, that level of honesty is what we need because it's the best way to prove to you day in and day out that it's just business. It's nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.